Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to listen to... I never saw that. That was beautiful. Micah was um, swinging his hips for that. So, how can you not when you hear that music? Anyway, uh, it is Mission Impossible time. It's yeah, 1996's Mission Impossible. This, it's summertime. It's hot outside. Uh, it's our second summer blockbuster. Yeah, and and last week we said the phrase "summer blockbuster" so many fucking times that I'm I for one am not going to say it again. We're up to two. On this episode. Yeah, I'm not going to say it again. Summer blockbuster. Okay, that's enough episode number out of two. you. You in particular said it so many times. Did I? Yeah, you did. Okay. Sorry about so, that, everyone. Yeah, it's... Sorry I said summer blockbuster so many times. I won't say summer blockbuster as many times this episode, I promise. That's funny. Um, let's Let's start out by doing something special. Okay, like we do every week. No, no. Your favorite thing? Like, we're going to list our patrons and thank them on the show. Oh, actually special. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've talked about a couple of these people recently, but they're going to get another shout out, as all of them are. So here we go. Laura Sanner. Uh, I should have thought of something, like, w- nice to say about each person, but I didn't. Um, Mike Snyder, Phyllis Shelton, Mike Streeter, Pat Mobley, Linda Ford, Tasha Crow, Leah Ray, Kylan Carp, Mel Beiser, Brandy Pavar, Rachel Earl, and Jessica McKimmy. Thank you. You all are heroes among losers. Wow. So that was quite rude. Well, I, what am I going to say? Heroes among men? No. I don't like that. I mean,. Yeah, you're right, though. That's the only other word you could have said of all the possibilities. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, yeah, wow. we really appreciate it. We it's just really kind. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much. So, um, that was like a little remix you did. Thanks. So, yeah, we're talking about 1996's Mission Impossible today, starring Tom, what's his name? Tom Drive. Tom. Um, control. Little, no. Tom, he's um, a little known, like, movie star. He's been in a few other things. He's like a science scientist or something. Yeah, he is. He's a scientist. That's it. Yeah, he <laughs> goes to that famous science um, place in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he believes in it's Tom Cruise, obviously, and he's a, he's a real big Scientologist. Yes, and I'm about to ruin the whole movie for you guys right off the bat. I'm just going to say it because otherwise, it's just going to be on my mind the whole time. This movie is starring Tom Cruise before braces. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop staring at his middle tooth. <laughs> you know, I don't see it as a I don't see it so much as like a single tooth in the middle. It's just that his teeth were like slightly shifted. Yeah, they were slightly shifted. But I and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be I mean, I had races for a while Toothist. and I didn't finish wearing them. Um his, so, so his teeth are all fucked up. My teeth now. are still all weird. It's fine. It's just distracting now when I watch mm-hmm. old Tom Cruise movies. I can't not see it. And I never noticed it before. I yeah, I personally wouldn't have noticed it if you wouldn't have mentioned it. And it did ruin the whole movie for me too. So the whole movie was ruined. The whole movie was ruined. Yeah, that's what I said. The whole movie was ruined for me because you kept asking what a knock list is. <laughs> you over did yell at me. And over you... <laughs> and 
over. No, I. I didn't yell at you. You I absolutely yelled at me. Some frustration. The second one moment. The second time I asked, "What does NOC stand for again?" You went. You yelled at me. Whatever it, it was, is. at least you yelled the, at me. Whatever it does stand for. It was. It was at least the nth time you'd ask, and <laughs> N stands for the number of times I said summer blockbuster in last week's episode. No, not even close. Our 10-year-old daughter watched this film with us, Sadie. She's been a guest before. And she agreed with me that it was really annoying that you kept asking what knock list is She for. understood the movie better than I did, probably, also. So, Jen, what does knock list stand for? Well, that is for our listeners to decide. That's what you kept telling me. Is It's up to you. I did, I did not. That's not what happened. You don't know. I don't know. remember. You don't remember. Okay. Okay, we'll get I don't into it later. I remember. That's how that's the problem. My memory doesn't work very well, especially for things that it doesn't give a fuck about. Fair. Non uh, yes. non oblong. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cucumbers. Non-oblong cucumbers. Mhm. It's just it's a list of the rectangular cucumbers or square ones or the ones that are as wide as they are. I don't know. I mean, nobody listening knows what a knock list is either. 100% of our patrons on Patreon know what a knock list is, Jen. What does it stand for? It stands for non-official cover list. Basically, it's the MacGuffin in this film, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't think it's really a MacGuffin, but I say that because it's the driving force behind the the plot, basically. Um, It's a list of all the super undercover spies out there. And all their fake names that work for the CIA or the IMF and all their real names and their fake names so that they could be tracked down and killed. Am I really going to have to remind you again about your stupid thing that you do? Because it seems that you have forgotten again. No, and I was we're just, just going to do it. In. Oh, what were you going to do? You were going to introduce, were you going to connect it to well, I kind of. I was going to kind of do that. So this film came out in 1996. We've talked about this before a lot on the show about how the internets were kind of a new thing around this time. This movie has, it relies on a lot of hackery type things um, because that's a big part of spy situations in movies. Mm -hmm. And also um, they use uh, Usenet groups in this movie, which were a real thing. Um, But the interfaces on the computers were enjoyable for me. Were that, I was wondering if that was accurate at all, the way that email looked. Did it ever look like that? No. And those were use mail groups, group messages. So it wasn't really email, but it was, yeah, he was sending messages. And every time he did, it was like a little letter popped up and he addressed it. And then it put the, there was like a little canceled stamp on it. And then it would fold down and like float away, kind of like he sent it. It was really cute. Um, And that brings us to this week's Seeing the Funny Papers. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. I have another special treat, um, a comic mm-hmm. we've never covered here before. Every every week. It's called every Fox week. Trot. It's a special treat. We haven't done that one before. No, Are we haven't you done sure? Fox Trot. I'm pretty okay. sure. Somebody check the wiki and get back to us mm-hmm. at me at mm-hmm. Micah Shelton mm-hmm. on Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so we've got four panels today. And it has to do with the internet. You belong in the 90s. So on Foxtrot, they've been having an ongoing arc that I've been following a little bit. And this one's pretty good. Um, The family just got a computer. Oh. And they're connected to the internet. Good job connecting things. So I didn't do any research and I don't know the names of the characters. Um, Eric Jacobson, (laughs) our... uh, guest from a couple episodes on uh, mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago on the Beavis and Butthead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, we know. Um, I know. He's a big sure. Foxtrot fan. So he's probably cringing right now and holding Excellent. his head in his hands mm-hmm. as he's listening to me describe the son and the dad. Those are the two characters mm-hmm. in this one of Foxtrot. And I will be referring to them as, as the, the son, son and, and the, the dad. dad. Mm-hmm. Or we could give them names. That would be confusing and painful for people that actually like that comic strip though i don't know it really you're concerned about that now that that's a concern of yours now i don't know how to respond to that so okay just gonna describe this comic to you okay okay um so we have the son and the dad the son is sitting at a computer 
Um, the computer is on the left. We just see the monitor and a keyboard, and he's got a little book that he's looking at. And his dad is standing over his shoulder. Uh-huh. As dads do. Now, the son has hair that I can only describe as, uh, well, like a series of rectangles <laughs> or shapes on top of his head in the form of a mullet, kind of. Um, he has glasses on, and we can't see his eyeballs because he has glasses on. And um, the glasses, we've got a, a bit of a fucking Picasso situation going on here. I can see both the lenses. They're right next to each other. And we're looking at a profile of his face, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Maybe this human has two eyes on one side of his head. <laughs> and that's why his glasses are like that. Um, it is a profile, though. And I don't, I'm not really sure what's happening here. But I think the sun is always drawn like this. I think we fucking get it. It's the sun from the side. The dad is standing behind him with his hands on his hips, kind of leaning back a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. he's Just like Mike is doing over his right shoulder. now. I'm acting it out. The dad has uh, three hairs on top of his head, and they go up and then forward, like dog's ears when they're alert, kind of kind of like an OD ear situation. He's got three of these right in a row. His head is square. like It's a rectangle. Two eyes, a nose that's turned upward. Um, <laughs> again, a little Picasso-ish going on here. Um, he, his mouth goes out, and it, it's like he's his tongue's between his lips or something. I don't know what's happening. Sorry, I'm using the second panel to describe him, because the second panel is kind of a close-up of his head. Uh -huh. But in the first panel, hands on hips, leaning out, tongue's sticking between his lips. I don't know. Maybe that's how he talks. He's got hair all around his ears because he's got that typical like bald bald mm -hmm. on top, hair around the back thing that dads have. Um, he has a white shirt on with something, either a, a logo on the, the chest. Maybe it's just a black blob. Um, and he's saying to his son, so this is the famous internet. Oh, that's the first panel. Ready for panel two? Did you tell me how many I'm in for today? Four. Oh, okay. So much left to go. So panel two is, as I said, a close-up on dad's head and shoulders. Um, and this time, his mouth has moved inexplicably from the front of his face, where mouths typically are, to uh, like kind of where his jaw muscle is. You know when you clench your jaw and that little muscle pops out? Mm -hmm. That's where his mouth is now. Huh. The rounded part of his mouth is still there under his nose on the front, but there's a thing. Maybe he's just sticking his tongue out the side of his mouth now. Maybe that's what that's supposed to be. Um, and he says... Well, you know dads. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I do want to mention one other thing. Um, his eyebrow, you can see his eyebrow in this one. Um, and it is, well, I'm just <laughs> guessing based on head size, it's about three inches above his eyeball on the top of his head his bald head and it's just a little like it looks like a carrot you know <laughs> he like has the, one the little symbol you or write about letters we're seeing him from the side also we're seeing him from the side so okay. you only see one but it's way above his eyeball and yep. <laughs> just below the top of his squared off head <laughs> so i mean i feel like the this family has some sort of genetic mutation disorder maybe, or something maybe, you know maybe. and their the... heads are all sorts of fucked up <laughs> Um, okay, so in the second panel, tongue sticking out the side of his mouth, he says, The data superhighway, the information autobahn, <laughs> the bullet train to Cyberville. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start using that one. Yeah? Okay, third panel, ready? Mm -hmm. We're back to the same, the first shot of um, the kid reading the book, sitting at the computer. He hasn't mm -hmm. moved or responded in any way. Mm -hmm. Dad's kind of standing there, hands behind his back now leaning back still a little bit, and he's making kind of a whistling mouth, you know, the like his lips are out. Mm -hmm. But he's not whistling. He says, cool. <laughs> Fourth okay. panel, ready? Mm -hmm. In this one, uh, Son is turned around. He's put the little booklet down that he's reading, and he says, actually, Dad, the computer's not turned on. And Dad's reply is, I thought maybe you were in a tunnel. Because of all the things he said, like the Audubon and the bullet train yeah, yeah. to Cyberville. Because the information superhighway was like the metaphor right, that yeah. people used a lot. Yeah. And he made up his own that were also like transportation related. Right. Yeah, I did. Yep. 
So do you see how this connects to Mission Impossible and why I was so excited to share it with you? Yeah, there's a tunnel in Mission Impossible also. Yeah, and they it use is the, the climax of the scene. And there's a tunnel. But as far as this goes... And a bullet train. I mean, that is cool. It's cool the way you connected it, Micah. And the internet. And you made it topical. In general, yeah. Um, everything else about this one can go straight to hell. What did you think of the punchline, though? The I think I just answered that. See you in the funny paper soon. So I say we jump in at the tunnel scene since that's where we're at. Honestly, let's right not. At the end? Yeah, let's just get crazy. Let's do things weird. Do it backwards? Sure. Like a fucking Brian De Palma film called Raising Cane, how he wanted to do it. Yeah, but Brian De Palma is the director of this movie, yes. so Mike is getting real clever. He also directed a whole bunch of other films. Uh, Brian De Palma is a well-known director. He did such huge hits as Untouchables, Carrie, mm-hmm. Scarface. He's made a lot of movies. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God, Carlito's that's why I knew Way, his name. Um, Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage. So he, he likes mobster stuff. Well, and he's done a bunch of big Hollywood films and he also has done more films that he like he wanted to make okay more arty films. so he'll ones. like alternate kind of and make a big one make a bunch of money and then which one was this which category does this fit into is this a smaller arty one yeah, yeah. it's a smaller arty film with like unknown actors really low budget understated lots of conversation speaking of well-known actors uh there were a lot of them in this movie and uh, the good ones, the best ones, died in the first, like, 20 minutes. The best ones? And I was so pissed. All the best ones? Kristen Scott Thomas? Yeah, she's, she's the all right. best one. Okay. Emilio Estevez? Okay. The best one. And those are the ones. Those are the ones. I mean, you think John Voight died, but John Voight's a big piece of shit in real life, I guess. So I was not sad to see him die, even as a character. Yeah. And then, in and of course, he's not really dead. And let's just put that out there right now, because he's not really dead. He's actually a bad guy. Let me give you the whole plot. Oh, I thought you meant because he's an actor playing in a film, so he didn't really die. Right. As opposed to Emilio Estevez, who died in the making yeah. of this film. He well, sacrificed yeah, really himself. Sad. In, you know, so that it would be more real. And then he came back to life and did um, a bunch of Mighty Duck stuff. <laughs> That's just a hologram. Anyway, this is the this is the plot of Mission Impossible, and it, it's going to be good because I didn't. I fucking i I don't. I honestly I don't know if it's my ADHD or if I'm really really stupid in some ways because honestly, movies like this make me feel really stupid. This is a big blockbuster. I should be able to follow the fucking plot. I could follow the basics, but I did not know what was going on a large amount of the time. So, so let me tell you my version of the hold plot. Hold on, before you get into it, I just want to respond to that by saying and this isn't a dig on you. It sounds like it. Oh, really? It's going to sound like it. Okay. It's actually a very straightforward simple plot. <laughs> And they make it way overcomplicated. They're trying to they seem try complicated. to make yeah. it like it's this crazy, complicated spy thriller with all these twists and turns and these things that are complicated and hard to understand. And that's not what's happening at all. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Um, Tom Cruise happened and he is in a group of team. He's in a group team of agents, including... Emilio Estevez, Kristen Scott Thomas. John Voight is like the boss guy. Um, His wife, this young woman, I don't know the actor's name. And one other person? Yeah. Who? Who was the other actor? I don't, nobody knows. I don't remember But that person died too? Yep. Okay. Oh, right. The other woman. She died. So, so, uh, basically, um, they're going to try to get this disc that has a knock list on it, which stands for non-official cover right which has the list of all the agents on it or something so they go to this big fancy party and they think they get it but then they realize it's not an actual thing and it's actually not uh that's not the real one or something like that and then uh what happens right after that is they all die they all are dead as duds and then after that Tom Cruise gets kind of framed for the murders and they dis- they figure out that there was a mole in the group. And so they all, of course, think it's Tom Cruise because he's the only one who survived. But guess what? It's actually John Voight, the boss guy. 
who used fake blood to make it look like he was dead and he fell over into the river and then he got back out and as soon as he crawled out of the river he hit this button that exploded a car and that's how the last lady died. Uh, Kristen Scott Maybe. Thomas got stabbed. It's unclear. With a knife that ends up being sort of important and that's because of the person who stabbed her and that's because that's an ex-agent who then later is part of the uh, John Voight's plot all along. Anyway, and so um, that's it. And then Tom Cruise wins in the end. That's and he, they go through a tunnel and there's a helicopter. The prologue of the movie. <laughs> there's, a, there's a helicopter and a big, like real not fast. not even the whole first act. Big, fast train. Well, yeah, but the rest of it is just like Tom Cruise was being hunted and framed. And then he recruits a couple old agents to help him get the real disc i don't know why they're still trying to get this stupid disc it's not really a thing uh and then there's somebody named max you nailed it i have a I few know. notes okay um number one dead is a dud that's pretty good right like it not a phrase but it's good no, I like it, it is a phrase because i said it um my second note is um i actually put together a short synopsis of the plot this time you did yeah and I was oh, just watching the clock you? as you were doing yeah. that, mm -hmm. and it took 47 minutes <laughs> for you to do that. Not. We're going to edit it out, so it's going to seem like it's a lot shorter. We're going to edit it down a lot, uh -huh, but sure. we, I've been standing mm -hmm. here. I actually fell asleep. <laughs> You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> Fine. Give the short. Okay, but like skip the parts that I already said. Well, I fell asleep, so I don't know what those were. That's but, funny. Um. I just wanted to talk about some other things from the movie, actually. I think you did a pretty good synopsis. We'll we'll touch on some other yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, but... like, John Voight loses in the end. Does he get dead? Does he get shot? He gets dead. He doesn't get shot. He dies. Actually, speaking of gunshots, um, there were only five gunshots fired in this film. Tom okay. Cruise does not fire a gun. He wants a zero body count. He actually in, really in does mission, not want that, anybody yeah. to die. But he... In the later movies, which we'll also talk about a little bit, he fires lots of guns. But in this one, there's very little gun fire. Why would we talk about those? Just because this, so this first film came out in 1996. Yes, I know. And there have been six of these movies. This spawned mm -hmm. a series. A yes. A huge I know. series of films. There's still two more to come out. There's one in 2023 and one in 2024. They're filming them together. Right. This is a big series. So in 2024, Tom Cruise will have been making Mission Impossible movies for 28 years playing the same character. Uh-huh. And your you don't point think is... that's like impressive? This started a huge franchise. No, I mean, sure. It's, I guess it's impressive. Yeah, sure. Does he do his own stunts really still? He, I mean, they they say he does all his I mean, own stunts that always. That whole thing but... with the train and the tunnel and stuff, I don't think... I don't most think of that they was, really did that. Most of that was on a blue screen at the time. They used blue screens. Because um, they would have died. Right. They didn't really do that. But the, to recreate some of that, they brought in like this machine that um, simulates skydiving that Tom Cruise had used oh, to make cool. his face look all look distorted all from weird. the wind. Yeah. Um, it, so there really was some wind and they were hanging on to things. But no, they were not on top of a train. No, of course. Uh, that I will say, like there were a couple scenes that were super cool in this movie. Uh, several actually... And I will also say it was not boring in the way that I often find action movies boring. Like there were no 20 minute long chase scenes. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, or I mean, the or train scene is or, pretty long. But, but it's so yeah. like you're captivated the whole time. There's also a scene where like they're in this restaurant that's like an aquarium. Yes. And the whole thing gets shot. No, he, he sets off a bomb. He because, blows it up with his gun. He blows it off with his... He blows it off with his gum. <laughs> He's like, eh, screw this place. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, but he also blows it up mm -hmm. um, with his gum. And um, all the water comes shooting out of the building, and it's awesome. And then... And he jumps out of the way. Yeah, and then there's a part where he has to go down. And, like, they're hanging him on a wire, and he mm -hmm. has to go down in this room. And it's super... I'm uh, assuming you're going to talk about that part. Well, I was going to, but... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm not, it. I'm not trying to get into it. I'm just saying <laughs> that was a really yeah. cool scene. There's big action And then, yeah, the tunnel and... was super fun and ridiculous and great. Those are the big iconic moments from the movie that everybody remembers. And everything else was like... Nonsense to you. What? 
is happening. <laughs> I don't understand. And I and now, you know, I'm thinking I always think that it's because I'm stupid, but you know what I actually think is that there are unanswered like they just skip over things that people just accept. Like the, uh, it doesn't make any sense. I think it's a combination. Like they do skip over some things that you just have to accept and move on. Um they explain it in too much detail for me. Like, and they keep explaining, like, that's probably they explain when I explain over space and out. over and over, like, what's happening and why it's happening and what they're going to do. You know, you're making me feel real but dumb. I don't the more think it's because that. you're stupid. I don't, oh, really? I just think it's like unnecessarily complicated. Another thing this script had been in development for a long time. Paramount Pictures wanted to make a Mission Impossible movie because they owned the rights to the TV show. Mm-hmm. And they, had a whole bunch of other actors possibly involved and stuff. Brian De Palma finally came on board and there wasn't much of a script. They had some big action sequences they wanted to do mm-hmm. and they strung that the story sense. together around it. That makes sense. Because the story was lacking for me. So I mentioned it was a TV show in the you 60s did. from 1966 to 1973. Um, had a mm. lot of big stars in it and... Is that why we all know the music? It's from the original TV show, right? Because I started singing it when we were talking about watching this movie. And even Sadie, was our daughter, was like, why do I know that music? Like, if it's from this thing I've never seen. And I've never seen any of the movies until now. And I'd never seen the show either. But it's so iconic, that music. It's kind of weird. It's reused all the time in cartoons and other things. I'm sure she's seen that whenever there's like like a caper or a spy scene. So, yeah, the TV show was a little different, though. Um, In the TV show, it was all very, like, this impossible mission force, IMF, goes in and uses disguises. They use those a lot, the, like, life replica mask things. Those were very good. So they use those. There's always a reveal. Um, They go in and they trick somebody. Basically, it was more about, like, tricks and mind games and, like, psychological thriller type stuff. Mm-hmm. Was um, every episode like a, a different spy caper, like its own thing? Yeah, it was. But a basically, mission. the it same was very thing. Very formulaic. Mm-hmm. It's like Scooby Doo. Very similar to Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo was inspired by this a lot, or vice versa. I'm not sure. When Are you Scooby-Doo being serious? Well, yeah. The whole the yeah, mask the, they thing, always ripping pull a it mask off. off. Yeah. Oh, because I was sort of trying to be a little bit funny with my Scooby Doo comment, but it turns out. Yeah, I, think I just know what's up. We're doing kind of the same thing there. Um, mm-hmm. But that was always a thing on the TV show where they did this, like the actor who's obviously playing the person would be standing there talking and then yeah. they cut away and have them pull Which, off this by the rubber way, mask. They did that in this one. He did it like three I, times. It, no, no, no. But the, he did it as John Voight at right, the end. Right. And oh my God, I lost it. It was... Uh, <laughs> Just wasn't believable for you. When? When did they make the fucking? When did they make that mask? They address uh, that in who? in the later oh, films. Oh. They have like a printer thing that this guy makes on the fly, or like okay, it's a well, one. it wasn't believable. They didn't the even bother one? explaining it. No, in this one. no, not because at all. Because it was part of the TV show, and fans of the TV show were just expecting it, and that's just part of it. Yeah, well, it's that, like all their other cool gadgets. That makes more sense. You know, I wasn't in on that, so it was like. Are you serious? You're this this isn't supposed to be funny? Like it was so funny because it was so dumb. Like Yeah. There's no way. But the other ones were cool because those weren't like recognizable actors or people that you know. It was just Tom Cruise with a mask on. It was just Tom Cruise with yeah. like really wild masks. I mean, you really couldn't tell. I mean, you can tell it's him because yeah. you know it's him, but um yeah, that that part was cool. So John Voight plays um, Jim Phelps in this, which was the main character of the TV show, uh, played by Peter oh, Graves. Oh, really? <gasps> and they made him a bad guy in this yeah. one? So <gasps> Peter Graves was the, he was um, Captain Over in the airplane movies. Mm-hmm. And he was the main dude in Mission Impossible. Right. Um, so they were offered cameos, a lot of the original cast and Peter Graves, and they turned him down because- Is- they turned him into a villain and they uh, killed the plan was to kill off all the original, original people. Oh weird. 
And so they all turned it down and they were, I think they were kind of upset. And they, you know, it says when you read about it on the internet that the fans of the original show were really upset because this wasn't anything like the show and they made Phelps a villain. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, if you're like a heart, if you're, that's like Shaggy and Scooby suddenly being villains. Yeah. Which I think could be an interesting turn of events, but. I think that's what's happening in the next movie. I could see in the next Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. So cool. So instead, they got some well-known actors like Emilio Estevez, Kristen Scott Thomas, and killed everybody in the opening scene, basically, of the Kristen film. Kristen Scott Thomas is gorgeous. I just really enjoy looking at her face. <laughs> I bet you don't remember me, do you? Well, of course I do. How are you, Miss Norman? He's in pocket on the stairway. And Emilio Estevez was adorable. Stick a gum, right? No. No. Red light, green light. You come up against a lock you can't pick, you mash them together. <laughs> Hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. You'll have about five seconds. He was adorable. I do have to He's say, cute. though, there's a scene where they're, the team's all sitting around and John Voight's giving them the mission details and they're all joking and like making fun of <laughs> when Micah it, said joking he moved his body in like a like an old man dancing you know kind like of when way. you joke your joking <laughs> that's motion. how you joke that's how you know i'm telling yeah. a joke okay they're joking and playing around and he like tom cruise makes fun of um claire her name's emmanuel bert she right she's she plays she plays jim's wife right who's claire. also one of the agents yeah so she makes coffee, and it's shitty. Tom Cruise makes fun of her for that. Can we get a cappuccino machine in here? Because I don't know what you call this. I call it cruel mm. and unusual. I, I made that coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is it possible it's even worse than the sledge you made in that barn in Kiev? Thank you. Hey, take it easy on my wife's coffee. He and Emilio Estevez make fun of Jim for his cushy management job, basically staying in fancy hotels, which mm-hmm. comes back to play in the mm-hmm. plot, of course. Um, those damn Gideons. Those damn Gideons. Gideon's Bible. Um, Only to find Gideon's Bible. They should have used Rocky Raccoon in this because Gideon's Bible does play a major role in it. So. So where would they have put, where where do you, what scene did you imagine them using Rocky Raccoon? Well, like when scene, he says it, when he reveals, he's like, oh, they stamped it, didn't they? That's no, when you knew. Before that. No, I obviously knew when they showed the stamped Bible that said Gideon, property of Gideon's, right. whatever the hotel name was. No, but was. John Voight asks Tom Cruise, he's like, is that when you knew? And he's, no, no, but I'm saying at the point, at the scene where they show the Bible that's stamped Gideon's, oh, okay. they should play, only to find Gideon's Bible. So you think- And it'd be pretty funny. During this big reveal, mm-hmm. when it's like close-ups on Tom Cruise's yeah. eyes <laughs> yeah. as he's realizing yeah. that his friend and mentor- yep. Mm-hmm. Has betrayed He's them and killed everyone and, like, else. Killed his friends and yes. You think they should have put in as non-diegetic sound just that music playing? Yeah, Rocky. Or Raccoon. maybe just a car drives by and it's blaring <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. I do think they should have done that. Yeah, yeah. it would have made it, it would have been funny. Interestingly, they wanted to, but the Beatles wouldn't give them the rights because <laughs> Actually, that's a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> John, Paul think... McCartney was like, "Man, maybe," and John Lennon came back from the dead and was like, "No, <laughs> fuck you." That was so mean. Oh, God, that was so mean. All our listeners right now are like, oh, my God, what a dick. Yep, like every episode. (laughs) No, but you were just specifically mean to me. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. trying to be mean. It's just that that was a really bad idea. (laughs) Well, I stand by it. So (laughs) It would have been a much more interesting movie in a different way, in a new way. That's what I'm saying. It would have been funny. They should have made this more funny. So there are a few other actors I just want to go through really quick um, that are in this movie that oh, play bigger parts that Ving don't get killed. Right, Ving Rhames. So when that Tom Cruise, when they realize, when Tom Cruise is told that the whole first mission that they were doing was a mole hunt, basically. They were looking mm-hmm. for a mole within mm-hmm. the organization. But they didn't know it. And it was a fake knock list. They're dead. Wait, who's dead? My team, my team is dead! Galitson's gone. They knew we were coming, man. They knew we were coming and the disc is gone. He goes and puts together a new team to steal the real knock list so so that he can draw out the person that was trying to get the fake one. 
Right. So he's going after the mole at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But, but okay, are they FBI agents? Well, they're part of the, I think they're part of the CIA because okay, CIA. they're at Langley, Virginia. They keep talking about that. So it was the actually the CIA that set them up to find the mole. Yeah. Their own, yeah. Okay, but the CIA didn't know that they were going to get killed. No. Because that was the jo- that was the work of the mole. That was John who Voight. Who was John Voight. Yeah. That is just like a John Voight thing to do. Yeah, I mean. Because I, I think he's kind of a piece of shit, I as like I mentioned. I they made John Voight a villain because he, in real life, he is a villain. He is a villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ving Rhames uh, is one of the new. I was really excited to see Ving Rhames. New teammates. And I, this is our second, unless there are others I'm forgetting, this is our second Ving Rhames uh, flick. The first one being Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And might I say, I much enjoyed this role so much more. This one's a lot more fun. Because I really hated, I really hated his role in Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's not his fault, but I hated, you know. Anyway, let's not talk about that. So he plays, in this, he plays Luther Stickle, um, who's a hacker. The only man alive who actually hacked NATO Ghostcom. There was never any physical evidence that I had anything to do with that. With that, that exceptional piece of work. He has really pretty bright eyes. Did you notice that? No. He has like long eyelashes and when he smiles, he just lights up the room. He is always fun to watch. He and was very, very good. He, along with Tom Cruise, I believe, is the only other person to be in all the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, really? So he comes back for See, all that of them. almost makes me want to watch him. And in each one, I feel like he's like reluctant. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, um, because he is a disavowed agent. And that's how Tom Cruise finds him because he becomes disavowed by the CIA or whoever the fuck. Right. By and the government. Yeah. Yeah, and so he tries to find other disavowed agents. Now, here's my question. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest plot hole in the entire fucking movie for me. Okay. Okay. So the two disavowed agents he finds, one of them is actually in on John Voight's plot. Right. Krieger is the other one. John Reno. Mm-hmm. John Reno? John Reno? Oh, that's the actor's name. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck did John Voight, how did they know... That he would contact Krieger Claire. of the of the whole list of Claire. people. Claire made him do it. Yeah, Claire says, "I'm sorry about Krieger. He was my pick." Oh, damn it! Yeah. Damn it! I thought that was a plot hole, and I was really excited to expose it. Sorry. <laughs> so okay. They pick well, up... actually, I'm glad because that was really bothering me. Like, how the what? Why? They pick up Krieger and Luther, um, and they go after the. Real knock list. So um, Tom Cruise meets Vanessa Redgrave. He does some hacking, some light hacking um, on the Usenet groups. And Vanessa Redgrave plays Max. Mm, The penny drops. You are not Job. Job is not given to quoting scripture in his communications. Then there was its tone, aggressive but playful. Job is not playful. So you are something of a paradox. Yeah, a British lady. She was going to buy the knock list from this character who'd been posting on the internet named Job. Who was John Voight. Okay, but why did she want it? I never understood that either. She wants it because it's super valuable. It's never clear who she like, is she or who kill she agents? works for, but I think it's, you know. Like it's going to be revealed later? Criminals or something? The criminal underground. Oh. Um, and they want to know who the agents are so they can kill them. So they, she did want to kill them then? Yeah, or just sell that information to other governments or other I, people. I did wish they would have dug into that more because that felt really flimsy to me. Like her whole connection to the to all of it i didn't buy it because i didn't know i didn't understand why yeah i don't think they really explain it I, unless i missed it and then somebody can tweet at me that's uh on twitter.com <laughs> at micah shelton <laughs> do not tweet at me okay because we all know i got the whole fucking thing wrong so just just correct micah when he gets stuff wrong you know what's weird is that i took very few notes and i think that was because i didn't really uh know what was going on most of the time um 
But one of the notes I took was about Ving Rhames' eyes. And the next one was, I've never found Tom Cruise sexy because he's such a dork. Mm. And I know he's like a sex symbol. I don't know. I guess he's kind of sexy in like Top Gun and Cocktail. Like in the 80s, he was kind of sexy. But I see him as just like a huge dork. He is one of those guys to me that and there are scenes in this movie, especially like him and Emilio Estevez and him and Ving Rhames when they're joking around later. Like he's acting. He's not. He's trying to act cool and hip and funny, and it's just, it's so yeah. forced. Yeah, it's like unnatural. Of. Maybe that's what it is. He's not that kind of guy, really. He seems like... He's a fucking, he's like the fucking pinnacle of the Church of Scientology is what he is. <laughs> he's really an action star, and he's really good at... He is really good at that. things and he some really other is. things. yes. Um, and he's been good in other movies. He I has. have liked him in other things. But there are times where he's playing this like... When he's just, trying to play the laugh. cool guy. His laugh, when he tries to laugh with mm, people, it's mm-hmm. so forced and un- I do like his smile, natural. though. Even, even with his, you know, teeth pre-braces. Like, I, I think he has a nice smile. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see the sexual attraction for me. But also... Maybe some of that is also because he's playing a straight man in everything that he's in, and he's not straight, and so Ooh, that, could be, that could be that could be huh? part of the thing. It's like there's no actual chemistry. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to get into it. I'm just like it's a pretty well known, open Hollywood secret that. Although maybe there is chemistry, and that's why he's so stiff and awkward. Because the two scenes I just mentioned were him and two guys that he was trying to joke around with, and really right. he's just hot he, for well, them. Right. He's trying. Well, no, it's not that. It's that he's trying to play his idea of a hetero cool dude. You know what I mean? I'm serious, actually. I think that is part of it, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, all I know is Scientology is a piece of shit, and he's a piece of shit for trying to uh, spread it. And well, so, um, so don't at me, Church of Scientology on Twitter.com <laughs> about this, but we're definitely getting sued by Tom Cruise and the Church of Scientology <laughs> yeah, right, now. Right. We, I don't think... I don't think so. I think we're okay. Okay. Although my uncle was a Scientologist at one point, so if they connect those dots, woo, we got our own knock list over here. Man, they might be on the internets right now. <laughs> Just doing Even some We're hacking. not on the internets. Right? Doing some what? Hacking. Hacking. That was Ving Rang's job, by the way. He was the hacker. Just, I don't know why I wanted to say that. It's just one thing that I understood that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some other notes because there were things I really enjoyed in this film. Yeah, can we talk about the scene where they wire him down into the room? Like he's hanging from wire and he goes yeah. down. Why yeah. do you look at me we'll like get that? get there. Because I didn't know what you were talking about. I thought you were talking about them like tying him to a chair with wires or something. I was like, did I miss this? So this film, basically the first act is set in Prague. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of unusual at the time. Because mm-hmm. it's only like seven years after they you know, overthrew the communist government and it was so people could shoot films there that weren't like Czech films that were endorsed by the government or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this was, I mean, seven years is a while, but this is still one of the first big blockbusters that was filmed in Prague. You know, I'm surprised they let them uh, destroy that aquarium restaurant. Yeah, that aquarium restaurant didn't exist. You're kidding. It was supposed to be on Old Town Square in mm-hmm. Prague and it's not there. Um, Micah knows because he actually lived in Prague for a few months in yeah, college. Yeah, I studied abroad there for a little while. Um, so it was cool to see Prague. They did a really good job of lighting, like the Charles Bridge um, that features prominently and of course the castle and everything. Um, so it was cool to see Prague again. Uh, mm-hmm. The cranberries play at the very at the end. Yeah, it's barely in the, audible. In the background, it's very quiet, and there's just a cranberry song. And it made me wonder if there are other songs I didn't notice throughout the soundtrack. I don't think so because mostly it's like that. The Mission Impossible it's the theme. Mu- Mission Impossible yeah. music and you know other movie Danny score Elfman music. Did the score except for that Mission Impossible piece, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think I read that some U2 band members. I don't know which ones or who they were. The ones that aren't Bono or The Edge. Oh, I thought you um, said YouTube, yeah, YouTube, YouTube band, band members. And I was like, what? It's band? the internet. There's Jen. so many YouTube bands, Micah. Like, which one? Oh, okay. That some they, band members, what? They rewrote the theme song. They like recorded versions of it really? for the movie. That's weird. It seems like they'd want to have a song in the movie then. Doesn't that seem like U2? Like they'd want, they'd want credit. Well, it wasn't U2 though. It was just two of the band members they were just like well, hey do you want to not bono yeah 
I was about to say that somebody in this movie says something about wanting to meet Bono, but then I remembered that's a different thing I've been watching. What? It's from Gilmore Girls, which I've been rewatching with Sadie. And so that actually didn't happen in this movie, but it did happen in, a, in an episode that we just watched. So you could just edit this whole part out because it doesn't have anything to I do could, with this. I could, but like, you know, uh, the listeners want to hear from me. And that's what I, this is what I have that's to what say. That's you have to offer about Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, okay. that I've been cool. watching Gilmore Girls again. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so uh, we talked about a few of the big scenes, but I just want to go back to the vault scene again and the a few vault. of the other ones. Yeah. So the vault is where the knock list is kept and that it's a very secure location. The only way to get in. <laughs> and I just want to say, poor <laughs> William Donlow. That guy gets fucked in oh, this movie. Oh, Poor guy. <laughs> so this character, his job is to sit in front of a computer terminal that has the knock list on it. And I don't know what he does. What, guard it? I he don't just, know. No, he just sits there and like types things in. He sits in a highly He reads the Washington room. Post. He goes to the cafeteria every once in a while. Um, while there, Claire poisons him yeah, she so puts... that he has to go throw up every few minutes she makes him very very sick Mm -hmm. so that tom cruise can get in so it's it's the big set piece of the middle of the film it's Um, very cool i i give them a lot of credit it's a very fun scene to watch so the first thing he has to do is say his name william donlow and then punch in a code and that gets him into the little antechamber and then in there he has to go through a retinal scan and then he has to put a card in and someone else has to put a card in at the same time, and then he can get in there. The room is... Very white. Very white. It's all it was, white. That set was inspired by 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, that makes sense, yes. Um, it's just a big white has room. has that same feeling. Uh, the floor is pressure sensitive and... And very sensitive. Yeah, very sensitive because to like they show... water droplets. Wait a minute, though. How can he walk on the floor, though, if that's the case? Because once he goes through all of the retinal scan and everything, it deactivates all that stuff when he's out of the room all that stuff is activated and if anyone else goes in that didn't go through the i see because they show a drop of water setting off the alarm right and there's a whole thing with tom cruise sweating and he has to catch this bead of sweat in his hand and he's hanging inches off the floor and yet when they show right. him catching the drop of sweat, his hand swings around. Yeah, I know. I didn't. It upside down know. the other way. You can't. No. <laughs> Let's not. Okay. Let's just so, say it was cool. They can't get in that way, obviously. They can't replicate his iris scan and his voice and everything. So they make him get the shits or the pukies. <laughs> and he goes off and does that. But there's a vent. And they climb in through the vent because that's, that's what you do. that's always the thing. So he and. But it's protected by lasers. Yeah, there's a laser net. So they just put down this little machine that's the exact size of this grid mm-hmm. and has mirrors in it mm-hmm. that deactivates that. No problem. Mm-hmm. They they mm-hmm. use this cool like magnetic thing to they stick it down underneath and they unscrew the screws from above somehow. Right. And, and then, then it catch sticks them. to the magnet. Yeah, yeah. And then they pull that out. And then they take the little screen out and crawl down there. So Tom Cruise goes down. He's Jean attached Reno, to Krieger a, holds him on a rope. He's attached to like a trapeze. He's like thing. parallel to the floor. His body is like parallel to the floor. He's Well, yeah. at first he's like upside down. He's like perpendicular to the floor. True. And then he flips around. Yeah. And accesses the computer and mm-hmm. there's he has to be quiet. There's sound. Oh right, cuz an alarm will go off if sound Yeah, if or the, if the temperature or goes if up. If the temperature goes up or if the decibels get too high. So then Jean Reno, who's lying in a duct up above in the vents, holding a rope, holding Tom Cruise up, a rat comes by. Oh, my God. Right. And he freaks out. So the decibels are going up because the sound of the rat can be heard. So Jean Reno, like, it's climbing toward his face and he's trying, he's starting to freak out. So he, they cut away and Tom Cruise just drops all the way to the floor. And he catches him right before he hits the floor. And then he's like flat laying like parallel to the ground with his arms and legs out. Um, They really did that scene with Tom Cruise hanging there. And I guess the first couple times they did it, every time they dropped him, his head hit the floor. Oh, God. That's what happened, huh? So they put coins in his shoes to balance him out more. Coins? Yeah. Like to weigh his legs down more so he would drop straight instead of his head going down first. Um, So then we cut back up to the vent. And the rat's dead lying next to Krieger's head. 
We saw him hit it. I mean, he hit it hard, I guess. Yeah. We don't know. They didn't really show anything. Um, So then he has to pull him back up. And then William Donlow comes in a few times. And Tom Cruise is just like hanging there. Um, But they get the disc. They download the knock list. They get out of there. One thing you really liked was um, they set off some fire alarms to get into the CIA headquarters. Uh Uh-huh. And they go in dressed as firefighters. But then Claire. Oh my God. Claire was one of the. She was one of the firefighters. Yeah. Changes. And she comes out with the most perfect hair you've ever seen in your entire life. The most perfect bun, flawless, absolutely flawless hair. After like five seconds. It's not. It's. It's fine. Her helmet, it it was just under her helmet. Fire helmets are long like that so they can hold bones. Sure. It's fine. So that scene was. Pretty intense. That was like the was big a great scene. set piece in the it middle of the film. It was a lot of fun. I was convinced that his sweat was going to hit the ground. I mean, I called that from the beginning that that was going to be the problem. Like he's because they had already showed us that a drop of water will set off the alarm. So I was like, oh, so he's going to sweat on the floor, which he almost does, but it doesn't. Oh, but you forgot one part of that, which was yeah. that the guy Krieger drops his knife. Yes, right at the end. He drops his knife and it lands on the table, like so sticks pulls, into the table. He pulls Tom Cruise up and Tom Cruise hands him the But disc, guess what? And he drops his knife as he takes the disc. Guess what, though? What? That was the same knife that was used to kill Kristen Scott Thomas. Well, it was a similar knife. It was the same knife. It was it his knife. It couldn't have been the same knife. Yes, it could. Tom they Cruise showed it. had the bloody knife in his hand and pulled it out of Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah, but then he left and it John there Reno and he got gone. the knife again, probably. Oh, yeah, because... Criminals always go back to the scene of the crime. You're right. It's the same knife, fucker. It's the same. Let me be type right about knife something. Or brand of knife, but it's a different God. knife. But that does tip Tom Cruise off to Krieger being an accomplice. Um, so the climax of the film happens on on a, a TGV a train. bullet train yeah, to like Cyberville, super high speed train. That's right, in France, going to England or vice versa. I don't remember. Um, but they go through the channel. Um, and mm-hmm. the channel had just been finished. Do do people not call it that anymore? Is it just the channel tunnel? It probably has some other name. No, That's I just think what it's called call it. that still. Anyway, it had just been finished in 1994. So this was also a big deal. Like, we're going to feature the channel in this film. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and it was also, it was also important because Max was trying to download the whole, the knock list and it wouldn't work in the tunnel. So right. she was like stressed about getting it done before the tunnel. Yeah. Channel. So the plan is they're going to do the handoff. John Voight's going to get the knock list. Um, or he's going to get the knock list. To, or what? No. What's the plan again? I have no idea. <laughs> the plan is they're going to meet on the, the train. train and hand off the knock list. And then Tom Cruise is going to get a bunch of money from Max. But John Voight's also there and he's going to take it from Tom Cruise. Take the money. And that's when we find out that Claire was working with was Jim. Also a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Jim just fucking kills her. Oh yeah. Did he do that on purpose? Yeah. It seemed like it was like accidental. Because as they were like in the scuffle, he shot her. Well, he shoots her intentionally and then he's mm-hmm. gonna shoot Tom Cruise, but he shoots her to like get Tom Cruise out of his way, basically. Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. And then he Jim hits... and I I don't know if I mentioned John Voigt. Yeah. So he kills her and she just dies and there's no more discussion of her. Um, Tom Cruise is a little bit heartbroken because there's kind of there's a little chemistry, like love triangle. Talk about it. He Jim says something about not coveting thy, you know, boss's wife or whatever. But like nothing ever happened between them. Well, we didn't see anything. Well, she rubs her face on his hand. And like yeah, kisses his and kisses hand, him. and then it kind of goes and then black. It goes black. So and they then might a train have, going through a tunnel. They might have slept together. Like no, there North wasn't. No, there wasn't. No, but there. But are... this movie did remind me of North by Northwest yeah. for that because it's the woman married to the bad guy, and she's in on it, but she actually likes the other guy, so she's trying to help him escape. Right, kind of stuff. It's like a Hitchcockian. It thing, is, which yeah. De Palma loves I liked that Alfred part. Hitchcock. He uses a lot of the same, like there are a lot of homages. I, I mean, liked that part a lot. Some of his films are just direct remakes of Hitchcock Wasn't films. Wasn't there also almost. a train in North by Northwest? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because that, that was the part actually where I was like, oh, it's North by Northwest. 
yeah, mistaken so identity and there's a lot of parallels and there's a lot of like camera angles and shots and things that are similar to a lot of Hitchcock things. That's kind of a De Palma like trademark. Um, so yeah, the the train scene. There's a lot of stuff going on, but they fly the helicopter. Basically, Tom Cruise chases John Voight to the end of the train. They climb along it. He flips over at one point and gets blown back and grabs the end of a car or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of that stuff, avoiding Just other trains. Just look it up on YouTube. It's awesome. Um, he's supposed to, John Voight is supposed to hook his little, hook a line from the helicopter onto himself, but Tom Cruise gets there, hooks it onto the train, and pulls the helicopter into the tunnel with him. Yeah. I thought the helicopter was just going to explode at that point, but no. So did I. They pull the helicopter all the way through the tunnel. And the blades almost cut Tom Cruise a few times. Um, and then right at the end. But he has another piece of gum. And he slaps it on there, and then the explosion from the helicopter exploding pushes Tom Cruise back onto the train, and he's fine. And the train is also fine. The whole train is also fine. Only the helicopter explodes with fire, a lot of fire, and the fire somehow does not affect the train. It's ludicrous. So he blows up an aquarium and jumps away from the water and all the glass. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he blows up a helicopter, and he jumps away from the fire yeah, no and all problem. the glass. No problem. Tom Cruise jumps They're good. stuck in a fucking tunnel, and he blows something up. And, and the then dude, he's unharmed. The dude at the back of the train, you know how trains can drive both ways, so there's like a I do know driving that. thing? Mm-hmm. The guy there thing. who's watching that, he's supposed to just look like British. I guess. But to me, he looked like <laughs> he a Wallace like, and Gromit character. He does look like a Wallace and Gromit character. And yeah. it's supposed to be funny because he faints. He sees Tom Cruise. He's like a young, you know. Big bulbous you know, nose. Funny and, looking guy. Yeah. It's, I'm sure he's a name and <sighs> no I'm sorry, actor. No offense to him or his, you know, family of origin or or Wallace and Gromit for that matter. Um, I love Wallace and Gromit. I love also Wallace and Gromit. And he looks, he could play Wallace. He could play Sean the Sheep. the live action film. If you will. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that's all I have to say about Mission Impossible. Well, good, because I'm done with this one. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah, this, it, listen, this movie was, the the high intensity scenes were very fun to watch. I, I very much enjoyed them. Tom Cruise is very good at that shit. Um, the rest of it was an absolute fucking mystery to me. So, um, and I guess I'm alone in that. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, y'all. I really, there's something wrong with me. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. You just don't like these types of movies, and that's fine. I think you should stay away from the rest yeah, of the franchise because like they them. get more I don't like action-y. them because I don't get it. So why don't I get it? I'm not, I'm not a stupid person. No. So what is the problem? What am I, does my mind just wander? I think, maybe it does. And I don't even notice. I was going to say, you love like Hitchcock movies. I absolutely adore Hitchcock movies. Those but they're are like very, suspense thrillers and they have twists and turns. They do, but they're easier to follow. And I think part of the reason is because like action movies, you always say you get bored they're and boring. you don't care. So this was kind of a mix between the two. And the later I, Mission Impossible movies get heavier on the action and I, they're, mm-hmm. I feel like I know there are some like people say Mission Impossible Two is the worst one. I don't even remember any of them. They all just kind of blur together to me. Yeah, um, there are moments that I remember, like you know the big stunt things. But this one, Those I think, might parts, be my favorite. I, I, it, ironically, usually action movies. That's the part I don't give a fuck about. In this case, I would watch those movies just for the cool stunts because the stunts really were. I mean. They were really, really cool. Yeah. Well, they just keep getting bigger in everyone. Uh, yeah. So, maybe you so should I could just them. fast forward because I'm not going to fucking get it. Yeah. So anyway, um, on that note, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And thank mm. you again to our patrons. It's really fun to have of you course. along. And yep. if anyone has any suggestions for summer oh. blockbusters, maybe oh. at me on twitter.com. Well, our- at Micah Shelton. Mm. Our friend Len in the Facebook group yes. already uh, recommended Die Hard with a Vengeance, so we're going to be doing that one. I don't know if that'll be next week or not, but... And I've never seen that one either. We will do another blockbuster next week. Also, Pat, who upped his um, patronage, if you will, uh, gets to pick an episode topic, and he is going to make a playlist for us. So cool. I'm very excited about that also. So we might mix in some other things in the midst of our summer blockbusters, but 
We have a couple others planned, and we're open to suggestions. Always. And sometimes we get to them, and sometimes we don't. And also, if you're a patron and you haven't gotten to pick an episode or you haven't gotten whatever rewards we're supposed to give you, would you please let us know? Because I'm so sorry. Yeah, some of you we know, and some of you have made requests and done things. But some of you are mystery patrons that just give us money, and we've never heard from you. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, we have a Facebook group called yeah. I Never Saw That. You can tweet at us, as I That's mentioned several where, times. I mean, I think the Facebook group is where most interaction happens. There's yeah. a little bit on Twitter. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, come join us. It's fun. And you don't have to be a patron to join, obviously. Just no. come and hang out with us. Or suggest movies. Yeah. Or suggest music or TV or current events or anything. Yeah. Stuff we haven't even thought of, maybe. So, uh, that said, thank you to Grandma Cray for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our information autobomb stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time, see, see you in, in the, the 90s. 90s.